It is Crossover Thursday, and today I am joined by Locked On Raiders host your boy Q to discuss if the Chargers can keep their season alive with a big win over Las Vegas. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Crossover Thursday. It is David Drogemeyer, co-host of Locked On Chargers, joined by the Locked On Raiders host, your boy Q, one of the best hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network here. And we're going to get into this game, man. This is one of the longest storied rivalries in the history of the National Football League. So this is going to be an exciting one. We're going to go over the biggest storylines, the key matchups, and what each team needs to do to win this football game. But first, this Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use all lowercase code LOCKEDONNFL for that first deposit match up to $100. All right, your boy Q, let's get into it, man. Biggest storylines for this one. Uh, you know, you're the visitor, so I'll let you kick things off. What's the biggest storyline surrounding the Raiders? Well, you know, they haven't really got their offense going so far this season, right? I mean, 17 points, 10 points, and 18 points. And this is a team that I looked at all the weapons and Jimmy G being familiar with Josh McDaniels and thinking, all right, the strength of this Raiders team this year is going to be the offense, right? Now the defense is going to have to step up and play some ball, but uh, their offense is not going to really struggle. Well, so far they struggled and they can't get the running game going, right? The leading rusher in the league in 2022, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs has not got going. He hasn't had a hundred yard rushing in hell in week two. He had negative two yards rushing. I mean, so uh, there's been a lot of struggles so far offensively. And I mean, Jimmy G's in concussion protocol right now. So I guess you could say that that's a side story. You know, who's going to end up starting. I think it's going to be Jimmy G. It sounds like he's trending in the right direction, but honestly, I think the biggest storyline is where in the hell is the Raiders offense? It's almost like, where's Waldo? Where's the Raiders <laughs> offense? Where's this, where's this genius, uh, you know, play calling that we thought we were going to see this year uh, with all the right guys in place for head coach, Josh McDaniels. And it just hasn't been there. It's been the Devonte Adams and Jacoby Myers show. And outside of that, it's really a whole lot of nothing. So for me, I think, you know, in the Raiders, it's it's got to be where's the offense and can they come alive at some point? Uh, and, and it's strange to say that with all the weapons that they have. But, yeah, I think that yeah. that's probably the biggest storyline for the silver and black. For for Josh Jacobs, uh, I, I think one of the things I've been I've noticed kind of watching the, the first couple of games of, of the Raiders season is it seems like he's just not running with that same intensity, with that same explosiveness. Do you think him missing some time in the offseason with the whole contract situation has kind of you know led to this slow start to the season? Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that, right? I think that the offensive line is not playing as physical as they're supposed to. That's something that uh, the great Lincoln Kennedy pointed out to me as well. He was like, "Q, the offensive line is just not." physicality is not there right and so that's just about attitude and want to and they just they don't seem like they want to be that physical team that one that just kind of says hey get behind me I'm going to go ahead and uh, punch this thing in or get that first down it just doesn't seem like it's there and I do think some of it has to do with Josh Jacobs not being there in camp and the timing's not really quite right with the offensive line there's a new player on that offensive line and Greg Van Roten taking over at the right guard spot Illuminor is holding down the right tackle spot and he was in and out of the lineup last season so I do think that some of the familiarity and and the timing and the physicality is just not there yet. Uh, maybe they'll get it going this week. I don't know. 
know, but it, it seemed like a little bit. Sunday night football got going a little bit towards the end of the game, uh, but it was too little too late at that point. So, uh, yeah, I think there's all of that element kind of plays plays a role in why the run game hasn't got going on. But I mean, for for the Chargers, what, what's the what's the storyline looking like for you? Yeah, storyline over here is, uh, I mean, they got the big win last week to prevent them from going 0-3, which is huge, and I think everybody knows that's a, a death sentence. If you get to 0-3, you pretty much have no chance of making it to the playoffs. So that was big, uh, and honestly, I think the storyline is you still need to win this one. I mean, th this is such an important game. It's incredibly important because the Chargers, first of all, it's the first division matchup for the Chargers, first AFC West opponent they're going to play this year. You know, those games count as kind of like two or two and a half. And yeah. also, with the way that the Chargers defense has played through the first three games of this season, I think it's really, you know, it's important to win this football game with an emphasis on the defense needs to perform better. And it's really the back end secondary guys giving up way too many explosive plays and also the penalties on third down especially they have the most third down penalties in the league and it's been killer it has been absolutely killer it's just it's drive extenders for the other team and you know the chargers have really beaten themselves a lot but that back end of that secondary has definitely been a little bit banged up and quite frankly has just underperformed how surprised are you that the the defense is not playing at the level that it should be playing? There's names there. There's guys there. There's dudes that I consider dudes, right, that, yeah. that are go-getters, that can go and make plays. How shocked are you that the defense hasn't started clicking yet? Yeah, I mean, very. I mean, it's been very frustrating because, like, this is yeah. year three of Brandon Staley's system. And, like, the first year, okay, I, I kind of understand it. You're coming into a new situation. You got a new scheme. You don't really have the players to run your scheme the way that you want to. Year two, you make all of those additions to try to bring in the type of guys that run your scheme most effectively and still didn't really get the results until court towards the back end of the year where you're playing some weaker opponents. You had some good performances, but the Chargers have yet to, in the Brandon Staley era, really, you know, save for the Miami Dolphins game, stepped up to the occasion and really took him down and beaten a very, very good football team. And a lot of that has been the inconsistencies on the back end, and that's kind of reared its ugly head so far this season. I think at least it's encouraging that the Chargers' pass rush has started to come alive the last two games. Yeah. They've been able to get into those more of those third and long situations where they've been able to deploy Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, and, and the rookie Tuli Tui Pelotu has been an absolute Tasmanian devil. They've been kind of moving him around. He's been roaming around the line trying to kind of find the best gap or the best opportunity, and also a very selfless player. Like, he's taken on you know, two offensive linemen to free things up, run some games with Joey Bosa, and he's been incredibly effective. He's been very disruptive, and he's also held up against the run, which is so surprising for a kid that's coming into the league that's 21 years old, literally, coming yeah. in and playing grown man football. Like, he's been a very, very exciting player and a very, you know, just awesome pick for the Chargers coming into this one where they knew coming off of last year with the injuries to their pass rushers that they were going to have to address that and address it with a high pick seems like the choice that they made was a good one yeah it sounds like and I know there's a lot of Raider Nation that wanted that player as well right a lot of Raider Nation in the draft process was like hey that could be the guy and uh clearly they were right right and and, and obviously the Chargers are benefiting from that and to have kind of a three-headed monster now at that uh you know at that rush position uh that's got to be a nice benefit um, you know, what, what does it look like as far as, you know, slowing down the run or stopping the run? Is that is that been a little bit better or is it just still kind of a struggle? 
it's been a little bit better. I mean, the last year, it's hard to get much worse than they were last year. They were giving up five, almost 5.5 yards per carry and over 150 rushing yards per game. Right now, the defense has given up around 113 rushing yards per game. So a pretty significant uh, improvement. But uh, it's just been about the offenses that they've gone up against. I think one thing that's been encouraging, at least, is when you had to go up against a team where you knew they were going to run the ball down your throat in the Tennessee Titans with King Henry and Tajay Spears, that they were able to at least control Derrick Henry and not allow him to impose his will and really take over the football game. That was an encouraging performance. I still need to see it over the course of a couple of more games before I'm any kind of a believer in this run defense but uh yeah i think it definitely steps in the right direction i still need to see it against a legit rusher they're obviously going to have that opportunity going up against josh jacobs the uh rushing leader of last year yeah no it's, you know it should be interesting it's funny just talking about these storylines and i'm talking about the raiders offense is struggling you're talking about the chargers defense has struggled well i guess you know what's the what's the better evil in this situation right <laughs> can the raiders offense get right can the chargers defense get right in this game i guess this will be the opportunity that we find out uh what it really looks like right <laughs> absolutely we're gonna find out it's uh it's gonna be uh something's got to give right something's got to uh, give yeah. so I'm I'm interested to see like first of all who's going to play quarterback for for the Raiders on Sunday yeah. and if it's going to be Jimmy G and if it's not Jimmy G is it going to be the rookie or is it going to be Hoyer that's an right. interesting decision yeah no it is and that's a discussion we've been having a lot uh, around here talking about you know who it is who's going to be and a lot of Raider Nation wants to see the rookie but I kind of caution and and maybe I'm wrong but I think that in week four if you pass it to the rookie you've got to continue to let the rookie ride you got to go ahead and say all right. It's, it's your show. Let's see what you got. I think that week four is too early, especially if Jimmy G is available to come back. Then you put him back in there. If he's only going to be out for a little bit of time, like a week, I think it makes more sense to go with Brian Hoyer because he probably gives you the best chance to win right now. But yeah. later on in the season, I would say that, you know, go ahead and pass it to, to Aiden O'Connell. But I don't know. I'm, my gut feeling tells me that Jimmy G is going to go on Sunday, but that's just my gut feeling. I, I, and coach Talking to Coach uh, McDaniels on, uh, on Wednesday, he said that he's progressing pretty nicely through the – through the concussion protocol, but obviously he's got a pass protocol before he's able to play. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. But my gut feeling tells me it's going to be Jimmy G. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up for segment number one. We are going to get into the biggest matchups of this football game, and we're going to do that right after this. After we tell you about Harry's, and no matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price that you're going to love. And they've got the legendary high-quality razors, the skin products like ex exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion. Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. Get better quality and a better price than other razors when you get Harry's delivered right to your door. The starter set, check this out, a $13 value for just $3 at harrys.com NFL. It includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Scheduled delivery for refills as low as $2, half what you pay for other blades. And Harry's makes the skincare products that are going to give you the best shave ever. They got creams, washes, lotions. They got everything that you need, right? They want you to make sure you're healthy, your skin is healthy, and it stays hydrated. Blades made in their own factory in Germany that stay sharp. Guys who've tried it say their eighth shave is as sharp as their first shave. What you need to do to get your best shave ever this uh, this year, this season, this football year, whatever you want to call it, all the time, get it right now with Harry's Razor and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3, one, two, three, 
dollar starter set. All right, we are back here on Crossover Thursday. Locked on Chargers host David Drogmeyer here with your bar Q, Locked on Raiders host. And Q, it's time to get into the biggest matchups that we are going to see that we are looking forward to in this football game. A lot of premium players on both sides of the ball here. I think the biggest matchup for me, most important matchup for me is going to be the rookie Quentin Johnston going up against the Raiders secondary. This is a very, very important matchup for the chargers because unfortunately they did lose wide receiver Mike Williams to a torn ACL for the entire season. So, and honestly, I think going into this season, Q, we, we kind of understood that for Quentin Johnston to get his opportunity with the two $20 million wide receivers that you had already in the building, that it was going to have to take some kind of an injury before he got any substantial snaps. Well, he's going to have to come in. He's going to have to make plays right away because you know, I'm sure that nobody in that building missed what Keenan Allen did to the Vikings right. secondary last week. And you know there's a giant red target on Keenan Allen's back. So they're going to try to do everything that they can to take him away. And so Quentin Johnston, the Temple product, is going to have to step up and make some plays. Yeah, man, I'm excited for Quentin. I was excited when uh, he went to TCU, excited that they play in the national championship game. I saw him when he was at the Combine, got to hang out with him. I covered him in high school, as you know, there in Temple, Texas. And so yes. I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see what this matchup looks like, you know, and, and from my understanding and just from what I've been able to see briefly, he hasn't had the greatest start to his NFL career yet, but I know he's a big play guy, right? And I, yeah. I mean, I saw it firsthand up close to personal, so I know he could be a big play uh, maker. So if Mike Williams is not there and Quentin Johnson is put into that task, you know, how do you think that, you know, Kellen Moore uses him? Is it really just still go for the big play or is it more maybe kind of the small intermediate uh, passes and hope that he gets those yak yards that he's so good at? Yeah, I think that's really where it is. I mean, Q, you know well, you you studied Quentin, you know what he does with the ball in his hands, right? He forced over 40 missed tackles throughout his college career at TCU, just simply one of the most dangerous receivers in all of college football when he was playing. So I don't think the best use of his talent is just to send him deep and, and try to go track the football. He can do that. He has that skill set. But he's explosive with the ball in his hand. So you need to manufacture some quick opportunities to get him in space with some blockers. Not necessarily a wide receiver screen every time. But the one thing I've noticed just watching Quentin is if you're able to manufacture a runway for him, he can run away from anybody on the field. He has those nice long strides. I think I would like to see more of those opportunities. Um, you know, get him in space, let him operate because he really is a, he's a wide receiver, but he turns into a running back when he's got the ball in his hands. As far as the Raiders are concerned, what is a matchup in this football game that you are paying attention to that, that you think could have an impact on how this game turns out? Well, honestly, I think this game is won and lost in the trenches. I really do. And it, for the Raiders, I really feel like I've said that the last few weeks, but the offensive line has just not been where it needs to be. And we mentioned uh, earlier in segment number one about the lack of physicality from the Raiders' offensive line. I want to see if they're up to the challenge. I mean, look, uh, the, the Chargers' defense might not have been playing at the level that it's supposed to, but they've got some pass rushers that Raider Nation is very familiar with, right? There's <laughs> definitely some pass rushers. That offensive line's got to step up. And not only do they have to slow down the pass rush of the Chargers, they've got to open up some holes for Josh Jacobs. He's yeah. got to get rolling. It cannot be a game. Jimmy G, 
uh, Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell. I don't think any three of those dudes are guys that should drop back and throw the ball 45 times around the yard and think that they're going to win a game. They've got yeah. to, this offense has got to be balanced. So that offensive line has got a tall task in front of them. They've got to slow down the, uh, the edge rushers and the, the pass rushers in general of the chargers. And they've got to be able to open up some lanes to let Josh Jacobs run the rock. Samir white, run the walk. Whoever wants to run the rock. I don't care. Somebody's got to be able to get things cooking and take a little bit of pressure off of whoever the quarterback is on Sunday. So for me, the biggest matchup, and it's not even close, is going to be the Raiders offensive line and the Chargers defense. Like that offensive line has got to go out there, feel good about themselves when the game is over, almost feel like they dominated if the Raiders have a chance to win this one. So I know it's a huge point spread in this game. Uh, Maybe the offensive line should take that personally and go out there and uh, put their put their will on on the Chargers defensive line if they can do that. Yeah, I mean, the odds makers obviously don't watch AFC West football if, if they really think that that's going to be the result of this football game. I mean, come on now. The Always Chargers, close. Raiders, the Broncos, the Chiefs, the, they know each other so well. They play yep. very close, very physical football games every single time. I mean, it's like going in the backyard and wrestling your brother. You know who he is. You know what right. he's going to try to do to you. So you got to try to outsmart him or just outperform him. That's really what it's going to be all about. I think uh, another matchup I'm obviously paying very, very close attention to is staying in the trenches on the offensive side for the Chargers and the defensive side for the Raiders is Trey Pipkins going up against Max Crosby because that's going to be the matchup. They don't really move Max very much from what I've seen. Occasionally, they'll throw him on the left side, try to get him on the left tackle. But in this football game, I don't really foresee that being the case very much because Slater Island is very much a real thing, and he is back in full force. He's been just absolutely dominant through the first three weeks of this season. So obviously, everybody knows that. So they're going to try to set up the matchup that's most advantageous for them. And of course, that's Max Crosby going up against Trey Pipkins. And that's always been a battle that's going to determine how this game goes. I mean, Max Crosby rushes like his hair is on fire. Like he is an absolute whirlwind. He is a Tasmanian devil like like Thule. He's a guy that you got to get in his way. You got to get multiple blockers in front of him. If they do not, he absolutely has the ability to wreck the game. Yeah, he does. And a lot of teams are trying to make sure that 98 doesn't wreck the game, right? And yeah. Buffalo, a couple of weeks ago, they made sure that they took him completely out of the game. They did a good job with that. Uh, you know, last week against Pittsburgh, he still was able to get home and get to Kenny Pickett. So he is that guy that plays with his hair on fire. And uh, so that's definitely going to be a really good matchup. And the Raiders defense kind of goes how Max Crosby goes. But, you know, for another matchup for me, I'm just going to look at what you kind of mentioned. You mentioned Quentin Johnson in the secondary. I'm just going to look at the the wide receivers for the Chargers and the Raiders secondary, right? I think that that's very important. Uh, Ja'Cory Bennett is a fourth-round pick out of uh, out of Maryland, so he probably will end up getting matched up on, on Quentin Johnson quite a bit. Marcus Peters is old Wiley veteran. He may be on Keenan Allen, but the thing is, these these uh, these corners don't travel. So I mean, they they're gonna okay. line up where they line up, right? And so wherever wherever Keenan Allen lines up, if it's in the slot, he'll have Nate Hobbs on him. If it's out there on the right side, Jaquan Bennett will be on him. If he's on the left side, it'll be Peters. I mean, it's just it's it's I'm on my side, you're on your side. You get that cat, I got this cat. I mean, that's just how to, how it goes. So. Uh, the Raiders secondary hasn't caused any turnovers yet. They're one of two teams in the league that haven't created a turnover. They've had an opportunity in each of the three games, but two times it got called back because of penalties, and then one time Peters put one on the ground. So, I mean, it's just they've had the opportunity. They just haven't come up with it, and that's a big deal too, right? For the Raiders to win this game, they're going to have to come up with a couple uh, turnovers and I think have a couple short fields for the offense that, again, like I mentioned, haven't really got started. So the secondary against the Chargers' uh, offensive weapons is also another matchup I'm looking for. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, that's interesting that they don't travel because that's one of the right. things with the Chargers offense is they're going to try to move Keenan Allen around. Like, they use motion a lot. They move him from the slot to outside. I mean, they put him at the X. They put him at the Y. They, they're trying to get him in the most advantageous situation possible. So it's interesting to know uh, that the Raiders' corners don't really travel. Um, that's that's going to be an interesting one to see how Keenan Allen uh is able to follow up the performance that he was able to have in week three against the Vikings. Uh, all right. I think that wraps things up here for segment number two. We are going to get into what each one of these teams need to do in order to win this football game on Sunday. All right. But first I need to tell you guys about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize picks is the most fun you've had this football season, giving you a chance to win up to 25 times your money. You just select two or more players that pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. Testing my skills on prize picks is the most fun you'll have and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You can turn $10 into 250 with just a few taps. My favorite part about prize picks is unlike other daily fantasy sites I've used in the past, Prize Picks is just me versus the projections, and I can pick the matchups that I like the most for any given game. This week, you could go with Justin Herbert throwing more or less than 284 and a half passing yards after his four, first 400-yard performance, or the Raiders, you can go with Josh Jacobs with more or less than half a touchdown or half a receiving touchdown. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL with the promo code LockedOnNFL for that deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy made easy. All right, guys, we are back here on Crossover Thursday, talking some Chargers, talking some Raiders, AFC West matchups here. And Q, we're rolling on, going on towards the end of this one. So yeah. it's time to talk about what each one of these teams need to do to win this football game on Sunday. Both one and two teams, both very desperate for a win. Um, the Chargers going into their bye week. They, they need this one. This one is crucial. I mean, I think both of the teams here I'll need to get this up. victory. How big would that be, though? As you mentioned, the Chargers going into their bye in week five, if they were to get that victory, have a two-game winning streak, and then head into their bye, how big would that be for not only the confidence but also to be able to go and get healthy and get ready for the second stretch of the season? Oh, it's absolutely massive, and I think it's most important for the head coach, Brandon Staley, because yeah. right now the pitchforks and the, the, the lighted torches, they are definitely yeah. out. The Charger yeah. fans are tired of Brandon Staley, and, and, that, and, and it's really just the defense. I think procedurally, for the most part, I think he makes good decisions. His clock management is good. Um, he's aggressive, which, you know, you're going to live and die by that aggression. But that defense, which, you know, he was touted as a, you know, a, a defensive savant, a defensive guru, if you will, his defense has not performed up to that standard or anywhere close to that. So if anybody needs this victory, it's Brandon Staley more than anybody else. But yeah, I mean, this is a, a, this win here for both teams has the opportunity to allow them to kind of get back to ground zero, to be able to reset yeah. and then to really be able to go out, out there and, and challenge the rest of your season. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, you know, for the Raiders, if they were to pick up a victory in this one, 
it'd be their second one in the AFC West. They won week one against Denver. So yeah. if they were to pick up a victory on Sunday against the Chargers, they're feeling good. They've got two AFC victories and two AFC West victories. Now, does that mean that that means they're going to run away with it? No. I mean, it just, but it says that they stay pace, right? They're staying yeah. pace with the rest of the division, which is all that you could ask for through four weeks. So, yeah, I think for this game and for these two teams, this is a huge game, you know, one way or the other. And somebody's going to come out on the, the right side of things and someone else is going to be licking their wounds and wondering what the hell happened. That's right. That's right. Well, for the Chargers, what the Chargers need to do to win this game is they need to force this game to turn messy. They they need to get into Jimmy Jimmy G's face or whoever is going to be playing quarterback. They need to make sure that that pace that they've set getting nine sacks in the last two games and getting all kinds of pressure, especially on third down. They need to make sure that that trend continues. Um, also, the the Raiders unfortunately they've had a propensity to turn the football over whether it's fumbles whether it's interceptions when you know jimmy g's in that situation where he's got pressure in his face he kind of throws it up so the chargers absolutely have to be in position to capitalize on those turnovers and turn them into points and not just not just points but touchdowns you have to make that hurt i think that's what the chargers need to do to make sure that they are able to come out of this week with a win what about the raiders what do the raiders have to do to win this game well, I'll tell you real quick before I even tell you what the Raiders have to do. Those two points that you just brought up, getting sacks, getting in Jimmy G's face and creating turnovers as well is what has happened so far this season, right? Yeah. Last week, Sunday night, he got sacked four times. He had gone the first two games without getting a sack. But last Sunday night, man, four sacks, uh, you know, the Steelers were all over him, and they came away with three interceptions. Now he leads the league in interception with six. So, uh, And the Raiders have seven turnovers because they put one on the ground as far as a fumble as well. So those are great points right there, great recipe, and – well, unfortunately for the Raiders, that's something that they've had a tendency to do as of, you know, as of so far in the season. So uh, that's really playing right into the Chargers' hand for what they want to do. Now, on the flip side, for the Raiders, what they need to do if they're going to get this victory is they've got to be as balanced as possible. They yeah. can't turn the ball over, right? They, they just yeah. can't. But they've got to be balanced, man. They've got to be able to uh, feed Devontae, feed Jacoby, get Hunter involved. I mean, he's a really good player who hasn't gotten involved yet this season. But they've got to be able to run the rock, man. They've got to be able to run the rock. If you can't run the rock, those guys that want to get after the quarterback are going to pin their ears back. They're going to be slobbering. It's going to be all drool down, going down their chins and everything. Khalil Mack is going to be ready to eat. Bosa is going to be ready to eat. I mean, everyone's going to say, okay, let's go. You're one-dimensional. If you're a one-dimensional team, you're not going to get it done. So, man, they've got to protect the ball. They've got to have a balanced offense. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'd like to see them come up with some turnovers. But I would take just – being balanced and being able to protect the ball. If they do those two things, well, let the chips fall where they may, right? But yeah. <laughs> after that Sunday night game, all those turnovers and, and getting Jimmy G killed, you know, and he's obviously in concussion protocol right now. They've just got to start with the basics. And I think the basics would be controlling the ball, holding on to the ball, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, not, not turning it over. And then uh, also just having a balanced offense, passing the rock and being able to run the rock. Yeah, well, I mean, the Raiders want to shorten this game, right? They want to make sure that they limit how many times Justin Herbert can touch the football. And that the right. best way to do that is by running the ball with Josh Jacobs and churning that clock and having those long, sustained drives where they're able to stay ahead of the sticks and not allow the Chargers to get into those exotic blitz packages that, that Brandon Staley does like to use on third and longs to great success. So that's definitely going to be something that the Chargers are going to have to do. I mean, this is a real test going up against one of the better running backs in the league. And you can't let him figure it out this week, right? You can't let him figure it out this week because that's exactly what the Raiders want to do. They want to kind of set up Jimmy G's plays to where, you know, you don't know if it's going to be a run or pass because you've had to defend the run so often throughout this football game. 
The one thing we know overall, Q, is this is going to be a close game. This is going to be a physical game. And yeah. it's going to be a game that's going to determine really how one of these teams goes about the rest of their season. But I think that's going to wrap things up here for Crossover Thursday. Make sure and go follow your boy Q for all of your Locked On Raiders information. Of course, he's, I'm sure he's going to have some more keys to success and stuff and his predictions for this game later on this week. And of course, make sure you check out the Locked On Chargers podcast as well. We'll get into our keys for success and our predictions on our Friday show. And then, of course, I'm sure we'll do some recap shows after yeah. the game is over. But that's going to do it here for Crossover Thursday. Thank you for checking it out. Take care. We'll see you next time.